The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at at First first listen. Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound... Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s... She looked like a million bucks. ...scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes... Nearly $10 million was all gone. It's just unbelievable. Hide your money in your old rich man, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey fam, I'm Jada Pinkett Smith, and this is the Red Table Talk Podcast. All your favorite episodes from the Facebook Watch Show in audio. Produced by Westbrook Audio and iHeartRadio. Please don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts. A Red Table Talk exclusive. Prior to hitting me, he had made threats. Oh, I'm going to do this to you. And I never believed it. I never thought that the person that I love would hurt me to that extent. It literally just punched me in my mouth. It was like gut-wrenching. For the first time, R&B superstar Ashanti and her family come together. As the older sister that wants to protect my younger sister, no one gets a book on how to handle this. We're a private family. We don't go telling our business. I was like, oh, nah. I went in the garage. I got the bat. I pulled up in the truck. I had Vaseline. I was ready. For a powerful and important conversation. He had actually already finished strangling me. That was actually why I had picked up the knife. When I was 21, I had to pull a knife out on somebody, too. An eye-opening look at the damage and devastation caused by domestic abuse that happens every three seconds in America. And I cried out for my mom, I cried out for my sister because they happened to be there. They were in the same house? Oh, he was real bold. Here we are. This is a very serious topic today. It is a very serious topic. It's one of those topics that touches everybody. Yeah. In an RTT exclusive, Ashanti, her sister Shia, and their mother Tina are here to open up about how domestic violence changed their family forever. We're gonna start with Shia. We saw these photos you and your sister recently shared on social media. So, Shia, can you tell us what was going on here? That was um, the result of um, my relationship with my ex. Those series of photos were actually a few different events. That was the darkest time in my life. That was after he had pushed me down the stairs, kicked me. There were so many different instances and experiences that it's kind of all of a blur. Mm -hmm. 
But um, that particular instance, we were arguing and he literally just popped me in my eye. I had sunglasses on. How did it start out for you? What was the relationship like in the beginning, Shia? I had met him when I'd just gotten out of high school. I was just going to college. I was about 18 or 19 years old. I hadn't really had a real relationship, you know, a real, what you would call an adult relationship. In the beginning, it was pretty fun. He was extremely attentive, complimenting me on my mm. hair, on my clothes, what I was wearing. He was giving me the attention that I felt that I needed yes. and that I desired. It's like, oh, this feels good. You know, this is a guy who has a little bit of money, who is showing me affection, attention that I feel right. I haven't had. Yeah. It feels good to it have someone good. shower you with attention. Yes. And, and you, you never know. think in a million years that's going to turn into Right. Abuse. Exactly. Absolutely you not. never think right. that. I was connected to him because I had inner child issues, inner child trauma. I wanted to fill a void. Right. right. Can you talk to us a little bit about or describe what you mean by inner child issues? Absolutely. The inner child traumas that I experienced were kind of, I would say, because of my sister's career. Yeah. Her actual album came out on my 13th birthday. Oh, wow. Like literally on my 13th birthday. Yeah. So it was an exciting time for the family. However, at the age of 13, that's when you come to- In, Into yourself. To yourself, exactly. Yeah. And at that time, I feel as though my confidence and my belief in self, I didn't have the two-parent family home. Mom was trying to balance being on the road. Absolutely. And then being there with me. And I will say, my 13th birthday, that's, you know, you're going into your teens. Mm -hmm. yeah. And like, as a young woman, that's so exciting. Mm -hmm. and, and for that to kind of be alongside this monumental career moment um, could have probably felt very, I mean, like, well, that was supposed to be my moment. That mm -hmm. was supposed to be my 13th birthday. Me? That was supposed Absolutely. to be my coming into myself. Absolutely. Yeah. And what I found is that trauma is not only something that you actually go through or experience, it's something that you also are lacking as well. A moment in your life where you were looking for something and it didn't happen. And so now you develop these coping mechanisms and they show up in they these relationships. Yeah. And yeah. so I desired that attention. that attention. How long did the relationship last? We were together for 13 years. But the physical abuse started within the last two to three years. Mm. But I would say the mental abuse had started from the beginning. Yeah. And what did that look like? So that was like love bombing, consistent calling, checking in. How are you? I'm just calling to make sure you're okay, et cetera. The gifts, all of that contributes to the void that yeah. you feel. You enjoy like, someone checking in you? on you. Exactly. Where are you? What are you doing? And then over time, it kind of became a little bit of a controlling thing. So there were things that I felt were wrong. I would speak out on them and he would try to make me believe the way that I thought was wrong. Yeah. Mm. Over time, it's almost like someone is chipping away. A little at, bit of gaslighting. Yeah, You're like, am, gaslighting. I, am, am I actually? Yeah. Okay. Wrong one here? Like, Correct. Yeah. You begin to kind of question yourself and yeah. second guess. And then because you love this person, you're like, okay, I hear what you're saying. There must be some truth to it. Yeah, yeah. some truth. So it just kept you in doubt. It yeah. kept me in doubt. Yeah, I can understand that. Kept me in doubt. And you're wanting to be in the relationship. You want to please him. Exactly. Yeah. So you're trying to be the woman exactly. that he wants. That he wanted. Yeah. Exactly. To be quite honest, 
prior to hitting me, he had made threats. He had said things like, oh, I'm going to do this to you or I should do this. And I never believed it. After years of us being together, we were on a break. After time, he decided that he wanted to make the relationship work. And I took him back and he had began to grow suspicious of what I was doing during the time of our break. He began to become very, very jealous, very angry. He became even more controlling than he'd already been. And that was when the physical abuse started. So the first time that he'd laid hands on me was actually really horrific. He kind of planned the whole thing out, the whole scenario. So he'd put the blinds down. He, yeah, like it was an actual planned out thing. He was upset about something. There was an argument that we got into and he questioned me on some things. And I was just completely unaware. I'm like, you know, what's going on? And he literally just punched me in my mouth, which was like, I can't describe the shock. I can't describe the pain. It was like, where is this coming from? And, and why are you doing this to me? I ran and he chased after me and he began to continue to hit me. I ran to a neighbor's apartment. Mm -hmm. I stayed at the neighbor's for probably like an hour or uh -huh. so. I was able to actually have one of my sister's security that worked in LA right. come and escort me and see me out and make sure that I was good. I had to grab whatever I had on me and I went to a hotel. Who did you call when that happened? My mom. You didn't call any authority like the police or? No, I didn't. And that's what's unfortunate because I found myself in a position where I was so mentally yeah. abused that I was protecting him. I understand I was protecting that. him. Mm -hmm. I understand that. I called my mom and they were in shock. They were like, what? He hit you? Yeah. He's never hit me before. Right. It was verbal abuse. It was mental abuse. But I never thought that he would take it there. Right, right. I feel like we sometimes as women, we give the benefit of the doubt in situations and I really shouldn't have. So after the first time, what was a conversation that the two of you had when you went back? There was a lot of apologizing in order for me to come back. It was a lot of, I'll never do that again. I don't know what came over me. I want you back. I want us to be a family. And prior to this, I had had a miscarriage. And so it was, I believe, a play on my mind because mm. I wanted to have a child and have a family. Yeah. Looking back, it was irresponsible on my behalf. I don't you know, know if that's the right is. term. Yeah. No? Responsible. No. no. Uh -uh. She, when we love people, mm -hmm. we really want to believe that they can change. Yes. Yeah. Don't beat yourself up for that. Right. I don't want you to think that you were irresponsible or you didn't, you know. To kind of put the blame on you. And it shouldn't be seen as a bad thing to be a person who wants someone that they love to change. Mm -hmm. And when we know better, we, we do, do better. better. Yeah. No, absolutely. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. 100%. I will grant myself that grace because that is a trauma response, trying to 
correct someone, trying yeah. to help someone. You, we think we can fix exactly. people. Exactly. Right. Make that person be who it is that you desire, and we're just going to work this out, oh, right. yep. you know. Yeah. How far along were you when you I had your... Pregnant. Yeah. Um, I was, like, four months. Yeah. There was verbal abuse taking place throughout that time. There was threatening, like, energy, you know. And so I'd come to learn that there was nothing wrong with me that caused me to miscarry. It was more so what I was experiencing, that environment that I was in, right. the stress, it contributed. And that was devastating because I, I wanted that child so badly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So how did it escalate after the first time? I'd actually began therapy prior to the abuse. I'd gone to therapy to try to fix the relationship. Right. And my therapist even shared with me, you know, if he's hit you once, he's going to hit you again. And right. it's just going to progressively get worse. Yeah. Over the course of two and a half years, the abuse was pretty frequent. I would say it was more than 10 times that we'd gotten into really, really heated fights. There would be times I'd have to call family members to come pick me up because we would be fighting and I would have to get out of the car. I'd be on the side of the road calling somebody to come get me. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have a, one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. <laughs> People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in exactly. to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, right. which is different than empathy, yeah. right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already yeah. see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh, great, you see me too. We'll laugh together. We'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. 
Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So not only did it get worse, he actually knocked my teeth out. Got it. It was the ultimate... Like, that was when I left. That was the straw that broke the camel's back. I never thought that the person that I loved could hurt me to that extent. It was a very, very small argument. It was very minimal. He had come home around 7 a.m. in the morning, and I questioned him on where he was and what he was doing. And he didn't like what I had to say. And so he literally punched me in my mouth. I could literally feel my teeth, I could feel everything just shift. Mm. And my whole entire face, you know, I kind of came, came back too. And I'm like, I see the blood and I was in so much shock. Like, it, it like. It's unthinkable. It's unthinkable. It's like, you, you hit me, you, you broke my teeth. And he was like, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. You you hit your face on the railing. You hit your face. I, I pushed you and you hit your... So in that moment, he was trying to yep. manipulate what even had occurred so that I wasn't clear mm-hmm. on what just took place. So he knocked some of your teeth out. They shattered. were shattered and ripped away from the root. Got mm-hmm. it. They were pushed in. There's no way to really describe that feeling. Like, there yeah. was no way to describe that. You posted a photo of the aftermath of that night. I looked at my face and I saw blood everywhere. There was blood everywhere. Um, My teeth were obviously disconfigured. Mm -hmm. I began to become angry, obviously, because when you look at your face and you see that, so I'm in a rage now. Now I'm like, I can't believe you did this to me. I'm going to pick up whatever I can. And I'd gotten something it was almost to defend myself because I felt like he was going to continue hitting me. Absolutely. And I cried. I cried out for my mom. I cried out for my sister because they happened to be there. Oh, got it. They were in the same house? Yes. Oh, got it. Oh, wow. Yes. Wow, he was real bold. Yeah. Yeah. I truthfully feel as though had no one been there, he would have continued. Oh, yeah. And you said that that was it for you? That was it for me. You left after that. That was it for me. Sadly, I was so um, deeply, deeply codependent. I almost told myself, this too shall pass, as if I was going to continue the relationship. You know, I was still trying to defend him. I didn't see myself really without him. It's hard. Those cycles, that codependent cycle is its own addiction. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there's still a part of you that is saying, what did I do to make him do that? Mm. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Did anyone call the police then or no? The neighbors actually called the police. Got it. The police did come to the apartment. um, And I I didn't tell the truth. I'm going to be honest with you guys. Like, I didn't tell them the truth. They asked what happened, and I made up something 
um, mm. to, to protect him. Yeah. And I get that. I think, I think for black women, exactly. Oh my God, it's so hard because there's a lot of layers. It's like calling the police, police on, on black men and. That. You know, the, all of that, all of that. Am I going right. to turn them over to that? You know what I Absolutely. mean? Absolutely. That was and getting and getting the police involved, period. It's like telling your business. Yes. You family know, business. Family, family business. business. Absolutely. Yeah. Like we should we can we, figure this out. We'll figure this exactly. out. We'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. And I that's that's real. Yeah. yeah. Feeling like you snitching. Exactly. And all of that. Street. And it was almost set up that because it'd been said throughout the relationship. Like if you ever call the police on me, if you ever do this, I'm done. I was considering all of these things. Absolutely. I was considering my sister, her career. I was considering a lot of things except myself. Yeah, I know. After the last time when you decided that it was done, mm -hmm. did he leave you alone or? No, I left. I stayed in a hotel for about a week. I wasn't sure what my next moves were going to be. I was still trying to hide it from people, trying to hide the experience of what happened. I actually took a meeting and sat in a meeting with my teeth braced and, you know, um, they had a wire Wired. on my teeth mm -hmm. and I told them a lie, like I tripped over something and I, you know, this is what happened to me. So I hadn't fully accepted what had happened. happened. Yeah. And so when I did leave, I began to question, why did I allow this to happen to me? And then how it connected, how to, it connected to the rest of my family, family and how if I don't heal it, this would play on in my children. I have to break these cycles and these patterns. Absolutely. Speaking of family, we have your mom, Tina, mm -hmm. and we have your sister, Ashanti, here. Ashanti's a beautiful. Grammy-winning megastar Ashanti is the princess of R&B. And holds the record for the fastest selling debut album ever by a female artist. Throughout her multi-platinum career, Ashanti and her tight-knit family have been private. But after witnessing Shia's abusive relationship firsthand, they knew they had to speak out. Hello, ladies. Hi, beautiful. Hi, Tina. We're actually her backup singers right. and dancers. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, all of you are just so beautiful. Mm. Thank you, you guys too. Thank this you. is so amazing. You know, just yes. family. 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 Sitting down, talking, talking it out. Talking it out. Absolutely, I love it. Yeah. And thank you, Ashanti, because I know you posted those pictures. We were all like, whoa, we'd really love to talk to this family yeah. about this because everybody gets affected. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So listening to her tell her story, how did it make you feel? I had to get my makeup done again because I was crying. Yeah. And um, to have that story told from her heart and the strength that she was able to display, because it's always us. Back in the day, nobody talked about, about it. It was, it. Like, yeah. it was like, you'll be all right. You know? Yeah. If that's supposed to happen. Yeah. It was made to believe. Your mother's so right that nobody talked about mm -hmm. it. Nobody. People still don't talk about no. it. Right. Nobody. That's part of the problem. There are so many artists that don't talk about it that are going through it. Even mm -hmm. with Shia sharing with me some of the people that reached out to her because of her posts that are celebrities, like yeah. big celebrities that yeah. are going through this, you know? So she's so brave and um, we're all just super proud. Yeah. yeah. We're a private family. We yeah. don't go telling our business. I hidden 
so much from the world. Um, even in my previous posts. And when she posted that last post with him talking behind yeah. and her back and forth, girl. Yeah, a lot of strength. We do have the video that you were talking about, Miss Tina. I don't need that. I'm gonna show you. I'm gonna show you. I'm gonna show you. Keep the knife with you. Keep the knife. I'm gonna show you. I'm gonna show you. I'm gonna show you who you think you with. I'm gonna show you. Stab me whoever you want. I'm gonna show you with no weapon. I'm gonna show you with no weapon. Who you think I am? Get off of me. Get hyped. Get off of me. Do that of hypeness. Get ahead. Get ahead. Get ahead. You wanna spit my face? That's hard. Why was that important for you to post? That's so important for people to see um, and hear in real time, because I know that there are so many other women that are going through similar situations and are experiencing things like that. And a picture is one thing, but a video where you can actually hear it and mm -hmm. you can actually That's see right. it, mm -hmm. and is, it and feel it is different. You know what's deep about that is that um, when I was 21, I had to pull a knife out on somebody, too. And, uh, scary It's very scary. It's yeah. very, very scary. Yeah. Because you are at the mercy of wherever they're at mentally. Yeah. You know, they, how far they want to take, take it. it. And mm -hmm. I'm sitting here and I'm, you know, five feet one and he's six, right. four, 200 and whatever pounds. And he's literally, like, Countering me like I'm a man, yep. you know, and he's saying I'm not a bitch. I'm not a bitch. I'm not a this, you know, and it's <sighs> like at that moment in time, I'm not fighting you. Yeah. I see that where you're going to take this. Yeah. And he had actually already finished strangling me. Oh, my God. You can hear I was scared. That was actually why I had picked up the knife, because that was the only thing that was close to me that I felt that I could protect myself. And you're hoping to God you don't have to use that. That knife. I don't have to use it. Ashanti, when did you find out that all of this was going on? Yeah, did you sister? have any inkling that that there was abuse going on in the relationship? Yeah. Either um, one of you, actually. I don't know about the very, very, very first when it started. Ironically, I was on the phone with you in that clip. Mm. It was like gut-wrenching, <sighs> yeah. you know? Because um, you can't get to her. Yeah, there's yeah. nothing get to you her. can do. Nothing. So it had been something that was going on and you don't know how to deal with it. Like, okay, we gotta respect whatever her decisions are. If I'm big sis and I'm like, well, I don't like him and I don't think y'all should be together. Both of y'all are toxic. Right. I used to say to them all the time, you guys being together is like you each drinking bleach. Like it's toxic. Right. But with everything that she's gone through and growing up, Ashanti's yeah. little sister, right. it's like you want your own stuff. So Absolutely. there are certain things I feel like she might have put up with, you know? And it's just like, okay, how do you deal with this? How yeah. do you deal with following her lead, but still knowing this is not the right thing? Yeah. What do we do now? No one gets a book on how to- How to handle How to handle right. this. And how to navigate. 
Because mm-hmm. people, you know, when you love somebody, you can't necessarily just be like, hey, I'm coming to grab you up. Absolutely. You're not going to see this joke anymore. Absolutely. Right. Right. Yeah. And there were a lot. Listen, I'm not a violent person. Yeah. But when that call came in, as an artist, you have resources. That's and right. sometimes. Different. I, oh, I know. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Trust me. I know. You know what I'm saying? We got this. We got those It's like, right. you know, I made the call. This, you know. Right. And to be honest with you, her being the amazing person that she is didn't want to take that route. I understand. You understand what I'm saying? I do. She and, was protecting. Absolutely. Right, even through the vile disrespect, the manipulation, even how he kind of tried to come in and divide us. Uh Oh, you know what I mean? Absolutely. And isolate you. Exactly. Exactly. So it was really hard. Yeah. When it's your baby, oh, yeah, this is my baby. Right. And I respect her, but I also know that I'm the one that carried her. That's the mental that I go through. So if you're going to mess with that, then you mess with me. That's right. But because I respect her and because I know that she loved him and because I wanted to follow her lead, I shouldn't say I wanted to because I didn't want to, I know, but I, I did yeah. out of respect. But that was the hardest thing I ever did in yeah. my life. I can imagine. And to go to her and say, you know, I could take care of this. And for her to say, no, no. Ma, it's okay. No, it's not okay but I wouldn't argue with her. It was very difficult for me to accept someone that was intentionally hurting my daughter. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I so understand that I have a young woman in my life that was going through the same thing. It doesn't help to interfere. I literally snatched her up, mm-hmm. took her away. Yep. I was like, you're not going to talk to him. You're not going to see him. That's this him. is over. This is going to turn into a, a very bad situation for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It didn't work. It doesn't work. And they go back. And they go back. You got to pray and hope that one day they'll get it and they they will leave on their own because you can't force it. You can't make it happen. And then there's always him that was always trying to manipulate the family. Yeah. He manipulated her and he manipulated the family. Like my husband, he's from Brooklyn. We couldn't even really tell him. He didn't even know. It was a very dark time for all of us. And... It was hard to accept seeing him still in different places, hearing about him, looking at Instagram like nothing. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true, and I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things, and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s. She looked like a million bucks. With zero qualifications. She had a Harvard plaque. 
tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately $11 million. Nearly $10 million was all gone employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich man, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and I'm back for another season of my podcast, Climbing in Heels. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as fully obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. My podcast, Climbing in Heels, is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season, we're taking things up a notch. I'll be talking to some incredible women across so many industries, from models and beauty industry stars to doctors, entrepreneurs, and TV personalities. Climbing in Heels is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Every week, listeners will be able to ask me any questions. I'm answering it all. My life is absolutely crazy with so much going on, and I'm so beyond excited to bring you along for the ride. Whether we're talking red carpet looks, current trends, or products I'm obsessed with, I'm here to be your fashion fairy godmother. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Had occurred. Yeah. There were times after he broke my teeth, he did continue to try to reach out. He did continue to try to come around and come with gifts, you know, no, crying, crying. And I want my family. He manipulated a lot of things between us as a family. It'll Actually, never happen again. It'll, it'll never, never happen, happen again. again. I had developed that post-traumatic stress because he had had this presence where he felt like he was above the law. There were times he would show up. If I were to post where I was on Instagram, he would show up to that place. There were times when I was on my best friend's bed sleeping and he was literally in the window taking pictures of me and sending pictures to my phone. Ooh. That night, remember you hit me. Yeah, I was at like, my best friend's house. I was like, oh, nah. Right. I went in the garage, I got the bat, I pulled up in the truck, I had Vaseline, I was ready. Yeah, you were ready. Um, and then were you by yourself? Yeah, I was by myself, because yeah. I, I had the adrenaline. You right. know what I mean? You yeah. had enough. I, yeah, enough. it was done. My sister got her jaw broken, and I went wow. after that Negro with a bat. With the, yeah. That's what she did? I never found him, though. I didn't find him, but I went roaming the neighborhood, looking, asking people if you, you see, see him, yeah. you yeah. tell him I'm looking for him. Come I'm see like, me. Yep. <laughs> I remember when the incident happened, the when neighbors, we, the team. I didn't see your face. Right. I saw you guys I like arguing. I was kind of holding them apart. This is what's so manipulative. I sat with him downstairs mm -hmm. and I'm like, yo, what's going on? What did you do? You know, and he's like, no, sis, no, nah, sis, I didn't do nothing. It wasn't like that. She said some crazy, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't like that. So we're sitting down. I'm in a nightgown and a right. bonnet in a, in a in the lobby of the building. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that it got to that level. And when I go upstairs to see her face, that's when I'm like, what? When I turned and saw your mouth, 
my heart dropped and I almost said, damn, I should have let her hit him because she had a bottle. Right. So then I went and got the bottle and I ran down the street. I went in the elevator, got down from the apartment and I'm looking for him in a nightgown and a bonnet and a bottle. It was actually a black tourmaline crystal. Because oh, that's the one that you crystal. had. Yes, yes it was a it was crystal. Big. It was very big. And that was ironic when I think back. I'm like, well, that is the one that fights off bad energy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it is, you know. But he disappeared. Yes. Once he knew that she was going to go back upstairs and, and see, see her it. face, exactly. he, was he was gone because she went back down there. Right. And I told her, don't go. But I had to stay with her because she wanted to go. I was like, no, she's all bloody. I took that picture and she was like, mom, look what he did to me. And I said, I'm taking a picture of this because I want the world to see this. Oh I want to go to the police. And she was crying. She wasn't crying because she was hurt. She no, was just she was furious. Scared. So she, she gave me a number to call a dentist. We called the emergency room. And they had to wire, like, not her jaw, but from here all the way to her teeth. And she couldn't talk. And I'll never forget, I had to buy mashed potatoes for two weeks. It was a traumatic, traumatic, terrible it time. Yeah. It was a buildup because the day before... He said something to me like, I should, I should push your teeth down your face. Like, and we were all sitting in the living room. He's, we were all together. He that. used to say things like this in front of my family. He would say, I should do this. And I was like, you should what? He was like, nah, nah, I, I mean. There it. were times when they would have conversations. conversations. Eight hours I talked to him throughout a whole situation. It, it was, was draining. Dreadful. Very was draining. For a family. The manipulation was so... Intertwined and deep. And then I also will say because... And this is an important factor to bring up. I desired that family unit. I brought him in and we became family. Yeah. So he began working on projects with my sister. Mm -hmm. He began working with my mom. And that was another layer that made it difficult for me to walk away, for me right. to leave. Because we of, went intertwined. It was we, intertwined. We went to his family's house, his mom and dad, because they were supposed to get married. It was so deep and it was so, so thick. Deep that he was trying to kind of separate me from my family and make mm -hmm. my family believe that I was the, you know, person that was... Unreasonable. Unreasonable. Yes. So mm -hmm. it was a difficult time for us as a family. Coming out of that relationship, how did it feel to feel the support of your mother and your sister? I'm, I'm not going to lie. No matter how much um, empathy someone has, it can seem and feel like you're isolated yeah, and you're absolutely. by yourself. Like nobody like really, gets, like nobody it. really yeah. gets it. So there was a point in time where I'd felt alone, even in a room full of people. But I have to say, I am grateful to have had them yeah. because I know that there are women that don't, don't. have anybody. Mm, yeah, And yeah. I can't say that I'd always felt supported. We really didn't know how to handle this situation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we just did the best that we could in terms of, we're gonna love you. We're gonna love you whatever you need. We should have just all as a family collectively said, listen, this is not it. You shouldn't be doing this. There were times when he absolutely would manipulate my family. He would say certain things to them to make them feel like I was antagonizing him, to make them feel like I was starting these fights. He had manipulated them so badly to the point that they would sometimes believe the things that he said inside with him. And that ultimately caused a lot of chaos within the family. I'm gonna be honest with you. Like, it's hard to support because you don't want to continually remind her of what's going on. I, so, okay. But maybe it's something that she needed because I knew she was hurting, but you yeah. don't realize it until you feel it. 
by seeing it. Yeah. How do you think it has changed you guys as a family unit? Yeah. Oh, can I start? Yeah. <laughs> I would say it actually forced us to go to therapy, family therapy. It was really healing for us to sit as a family and for them to start to understand where I was and what I was going through. Right. You know, because there were different times where I felt like, well, I wasn't defended. And it began the process of becoming more aware of things that we were not speaking about as right. a family. She started going to therapy. I was like, I'm your mother. What you going to therapy for? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it was like... Why you can't talk, talk to me? Right. So, at first I was offended. But then I said, no, wait, turn this around. She's helping her in different ways that I don't know about. Exactly. Personally, I wasn't brave enough to say, hey, I'm going to go talk to a therapist. I feel like I'm good. Right. But her bringing it to the forefront, we all benefited from it. And just opening my eyes and my mind to certain things that make a difference in how you approach a situation. Yeah. yeah. And I think it helped. It really did. 100%. You feel, like, do you feel would, like you have more understanding? I do have more of an understanding. Because, you know, sometimes, especially with our age difference, sometimes yeah, it's like you're yeah, going back and you're like, girl, what? Yeah. You know? Exactly. <laughs> you know, but it, with her, with her therapist, it's like giving an alternative. Yeah. Okay, this is how you used to deal with it, but how about try this way? Right. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Absolutely. I didn't truly begin to heal until a few years after, you yeah. know? I began to first process what took place, why it happened, and mm -hmm. why I allowed it. I'd been giving that power away for so long. And yeah. I think that that's something that we do also as women. Absolutely. And how was I, you know, enabling this behavior? Yeah. And once I began to do that, that was when the work started for me. Would you say it took you a minute to like really let go of the hope? Yeah, I kind of left without fully processing it. Right. I hadn't accepted it and I want to bring that up as an important point because that prolonged the healing process for Absolutely. me. Absolutely. And that avoidance that, you know, kind of let's try to sweep this under the rug. The shame and what other people think about you mm -hmm. is all up in your head, yeah. all, you know, and it distorts your decision making. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. It takes a minute for you to figure out what the hell was, was that? What, what just happened in my life and figure out your role in it? Because you do have a role in it. Mm -hmm. But the biggest thing you have to do is forgive yourself. I like to consider myself like a phoenix, you know, yeah. we come through the fire and we rise, That's you know, right. yeah. but it is um, a story. It's a part of my journey. This is what's brought me to understanding who I am as a person. I have gotten to a point where I forgive myself and I've forgiven him even because at the end of the day, anyone that can do that to someone else they don't love themselves. Right. They're unclear on who they are. And that, there's that old saying that what doesn't kill you makes, makes you, you stronger. stronger. But it should be what doesn't kill you will make your heart bigger. That's Absolutely. Right. I read that song recently and I really related to yeah. that. One thing I wanted to mention, unfortunately, there were girls that I guess he was dealing with, and they were kind of making fun of the situation and posting pictures of themselves smiling with their teeth and pointing at their oh. teeth. Not only was there that, there were also friends that we'd had that were mutual, that were picking sides. Yeah. As a black woman, 
When you're kicking someone when they're down, yep. it is the most disgraceful, disgusting thing. Yeah. I, whatever the situation was with these females and him, whatever, but that kind of disrespect right. is so vile. And it's it's harmful, even mentally, you know, and it, it's triggering. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm it like, was at the time. Where, yeah. where's she at? It was right. You know what I mean? And it's not funny. Like, mentally with you, like, how could you laugh at someone or make fun of somebody that's going through stuff like that? And that's a problem. I, I, I can't agree with you more, Shanti, right. because I feel yeah. like as black women, we have to learn how to support each other Shut better. Absolutely. Yeah. We yeah, really we do. do. I think that there's so many of us who are so challenged with our own level of self-respect. We're like grabbing at anything that we can to, to, to feel like you know, I'm somebody, mm -hmm. or this is going to put mm -hmm. me one step above, above her. her. Exactly. I um, just want to say that I'm in a beautiful place. I am not a victim. Mm. I am not a survivor. This has happened to me, and it has brought me to knowing myself on a deeper level. It's interesting that you don't want to use the word victim, victim. and mm -hmm. survivor. Mm -hmm. Because... I look at it like this. So when you're labeling yourself as a victim or a survivor, you, in order for you to truly heal, you have to detach from that narrative that this was an experience that's taught me. Gotcha. This is an experience that I've now risen above. So you're taking your power back in that way. That's powerful. Yeah, yeah thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. Ladies, thank you so much. Well, this was beautiful. Thank you so much for coming to the table and sharing your story. Thank you. Thank you, thank you so much. Thank you for having I love it. Thank you, thank you so much. Yes. You know we've been a fan since forever. Oh, yes. You know, we love like, you so much. You set the bar, you open the doors. You're just so gracious and so classy. And it's Ashanti with her nails. Oh, oh, she's like, yeah, yeah, So one of my girlfriends, um, Lauren London, during Christmas, she's like our DJ, uh -huh. okay? <laughs> so she's like, all right, Jada, what you want to play? <laughs> I was like, girl, put on that rain on me. <laughs> put on foliage, all of it. She says, okay, Baltimore Ashanti. <laughs> always listening to all your Ashanti songs. That's I say, yes, that's her nickname for me, Baltimore Ashanti. <laughs> <laughs> To join the Red Table Talk family and become a part of the conversation, follow us at facebook.com slash redtabletalk. Thanks for listening to this episode of Red Table Talk podcast, produced by Facebook Watch, Westbrook Audio, and iHeartRadio. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elia Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. Well, how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. 
sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on I'm this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in exactly. to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, right. which is different than empathy. Yeah. Right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.